It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. The AJC's dining team is taking a look at the changes to Atlanta's dining landscape with a package they're calling Restaurant Reset. It includes some of their top picks for patios, to-go cocktails, pop-ups, grocery store restaurant hybrids, and new brunch spots. It's available online now at AJC.com and in the print paper of Sunday, June 13th. And dining editor Gaia Figueres is here to talk about that and to introduce her conversation with AJC food and dining contributor and fellow restaurant critic, Wendell Brock. Welcome, LaGaia. Hello, Shane. Thanks for having me. Sure. So uh, this is uh, pretty cool. It's, it's different from a normal dining guide that we've done in the past because dining is very different these days. Dining is different. It's the, I guess this is the new, new normal now. Right. At least, at least for the moment, until there's another new normal. Right. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit different um, from previous dining guides to start, I would say this is a mini uh, dining guide in the sense that, you know, we're, we're not doing things full blown right now, nor are we doing them exactly like we had in the past. So uh, we thought it would be a good idea for folks who really have been hunkered down throughout the pandemic and now are, you know, perhaps in a post-vaccination phase, um, as you kind of truly rediscover the scene of all that's happened, um, I mean, heck, even sometimes when you're driving by, you know, down, say, a road that you used to travel so frequently, if you haven't been doing that for a while, it looks different. And it really is that way in, um, in the metro Atlanta dining scene, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, with the uh, vaccines and all of that, people are starting to venture out a little bit. But, you know, we're still a little hesitant, maybe, in some ways, but uh, outdoors is always uh, a good bet. I think, you know, a lot of people are much more comfortable with that, at least. 
Oh yeah, and patios. I mean, outdoors where everybody wants to be right now. It's getting a little bit hotter, so maybe yeah. that's going to change, um, or we'll see how restaurants adapt to that one. Maybe with you know coolers and misters and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, there are, and there are so many terrific patios um, throughout Atlanta. There's a bunch of new ones, and we we mentioned those in the guide. And then there are some that are kind of you know tried and true and and um boy they i'm seeing them pretty packed these days honestly yeah and of course there's still the old standby of takeout so uh you yeah can still do and, that. and we are still sticking with takeout you know we started that takeout column at Leanna orders in um in march of last year and while we are going to be shifting back to um to some you know previous coverage like with our first look we've been able to bring that back where we check out a new new restaurant um we're going to keep that takeout column and do that once a week because we're realizing, you know, while that was for us an opportunity to still cover the restaurant scene and even get an inside understanding of what, how restaurants have been adapting, we are a takeout town too. So, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's some fun takeout picks for sure. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep going with that. Cool. So uh, is there anything we should know before we uh, cut over to your uh, conversation with Wendell? Well, I hope that folks, um, if they haven't had a chance to look at the guide, you know, take a look at that guide. I think it'll be handy, particularly um, we kept in mind the folks who hadn't really been um, venturing out much during the pandemic. Um, so this is really intended for especially that person who had been quite cautious or, you know, throughout. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope that, that they find a full of new information and, uh, you know, rediscover the scene in all of its glory <laughs> awesome that's great well thanks so much for bringing us this conversation and for doing this i think it's a, a great idea and uh you know i know that i'm excited about going dining out again so. i know me too yay yay for dining on premises <laughs> all right thanks Lakaya. Right. you bet thanks Shane. if you've only recently ventured from your pandemic pod you're probably noticing the many changes that have occurred to the dining landscape over the last 15 months. Some restaurants have closed, but plenty of new ones have emerged. While you were at home, restaurants were busy giving a fresh face to their footprints from patio makeovers to market additions. During the pandemic, social media leveled the playing field with Instagram posts beckoning hungry foodies to a plethora of scrappy new pop-ups. And thanks to a recently passed alcohol law, Bars and restaurants can bottle boozy concoctions for carryout. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's recently published special package, Restaurant Reset, is a mini dining guide for rediscovering the Atlanta dining scene. You can find it online at ajc.com forward slash things to do forward slash restaurant refresh. I'm now joined by AJC food and dining contributor and my fellow restaurant critic, Wendell Brock, to talk about some of the research that went into the guide and our observations about the current state of restaurants and alternative food service concepts, including some of our favorite new finds. Hey, Wendell, thanks for joining me. Hey there, thanks for having me. You bet. So Restaurant Reset, we worked on the guide for a few months. What, what stands out to you as far as some of the biggest changes to the scene compared to 15 months ago? Well, you know what I'm going to say. It's all about the pop-ups now. It is about the pop-ups. You know, I think before the pandemic, obviously, we were so focused on, you know, covering covering restaurants and 
dining in and sitting at tables and enjoying the creature comforts and suddenly all that went away. So there's been this great burst of creativity from people trying to start new businesses who maybe for the first time had spare time to, to try this thing out. So I think if you um, haven't been going to pop-ups, you've been missing out on some of the best food and some of the more interesting stories. So <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of pop-ups, but I would say also, yeah, that larger part is so many small business startups and it's yeah. not just pop-ups, but shared, shared kitchens, like the prep space over in um, uh, Doraville is in huge cloud kitchens where, I mean, there's like 40 different businesses that each are renting out, you know, some space there where you've got, um, you know, well, it's a cloud kitchen. It's just, uh, you can, only, yeah. you can't sit down there. And even I was thinking like, you know, all the, the, the new food stalls that are coming to like Chattahoochee food works. Um, there's just, yeah, there's a there's whole lot of new food halls and food stalls. It's kind of dizzying. Right. I, I, right. I, I think it kind of speaks to the whole building boom, you know, so many new developments and um, all of them seem to have a food hall. Right. Well, and now, now too, that we're, you know, going back to on-premises dining, I mean, just looking at the volume of operational changes that look like they're going to be permanent ways of doing things going ahead is, is just, it's, it's remained eye-opening to me, just like the technology standouts, you know, where I'm sitting down and I'm just scanning the QR code with my smartphone to get a menu, where I'm, um, the ordering, online ordering for some of the folks who have integrated their takeout and the online ordering with their POS systems, it's phenomenal on both ends for the user experience and also, you know, for management side of things. And, um, and then the diversified revenue streams where you see like, you know, Bob Townsend who writes um, uh, for, with this team too, talking about um, in the guide, all of the marketplace components that we're seeing now, you know, as part of say a restaurant. Yeah, I think the markets are really interesting and I'm especially happy about Staple House's, you know, transition from a fine dining tasting menu to a kind of a neighborhood market where you can go right. in and, and order um, whatever you want and, and they bring it out to your table outside. It's very casual, but it's, it's still very good. Right. Just well, I think that we are sort of we, we are kind of in, in more casual times these days. Yeah. <laughs> it's appropriate. So, I'm well, cool with that. Yeah, I am too. The least I have to dress up, the better. <laughs> there you go. But, you it's know, getting hot. I know. Um, I would say too that, you know, our own dining team has done a bit of a, a reset in terms of our coverage. I mean, thinking mm -hmm. about what we've had to do in the last 15 months and to be able to cover the scene, it's been curious between suspending the restaurant reviews and first look in March of last year. And then we moved to that Atlanta orders in to focus on carry out, right? Learn how restaurants adapted. We added one fine meals because we wanted to talk about restaurants that were doing great job executing food. And we did that beginning in, in January of this year. Mm -hmm. And then we brought back first look in um, I guess late April. And now we're starting something new, the patio pick series that'll hopefully bring us through the summer and then into the fall, we can resume, um, you know, starred restaurant reviews once more. But, but so patio pick got launched in our guide. So you want to talk about, you and I both, both wrote a few patio picks. Do you want to talk about 
some of the ones you spoke on? Yeah, um, in doing reporting for for um, the takeout column, I, I was talking to the people at Banshee and they, just before the pandemic, they had, had converted what was actually, you know, essentially just a, a wooden deck outside into a kind of a quasi indoor outdoor dining space with a full bar and it's, it's beautiful and they, they never got to use it. So since things have gotten better and people are vaccinated and, and they're, they're doing dine-in again, they've, they've reopened, they've opened that for the first time. It's just a nice place to be outside and, you know, soak up the neighborhood. And they've also started a, a hot dog stand, which is like a separate, a uh, little business that also is on the patio um, on week, week. Well, um, it's, it's just a few days a week toward the end of the week. It's not every day. So check their um, Instagram before you go or give them a call. But I think it's called Screaming Weenies and it's literally a, a hot dog <laughs> wagon. <laughs> that's awesome. So I that's love the creativity. Fun. Yeah. And then um, I re- also read about Del Bar and Emmon Park and the owner um, Fares is Iranian and he, he worked at, um, Rumi's kitchen as a manager for a long time. And he sort of started, um, this place again, right during the pandemic. And it's kind of a love letter to, to his native country, it's Persian food. And, uh, the patio is, is just a beautiful place with all this blonde kind of stone covered brick. And he did something that you, you could almost miss if, if you didn't like go inside the restaurant, there's a room it's kind of a glassed-in patio on, on one side. So there are multiple spaces, you know, which mm-hmm. is different rooms you can go in. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful looking place and the food is really good too. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. The two that I wrote about, um, the Chastain and also the Willow Bar, the Chastain to me, I mean, it's, it's again, a really elegant, elegant, um, patio, um, it's the whole place is in the uh, horseradish grill, the former horseradish grill space over across from um, Chastain Park. And what I really appreciate, I mean, I, the first time that I ate from there was, I guess, in like maybe January of this year, because it opened, um, I think in November, but it's by um, Christopher Grossman. And that food, so New American Bistro um, in the evening, and then a cafe by day. The space is just terrific and one of the nice parts about it is especially for folks who are looking for you know elbow room there is so much of it and it's varied and they've got the fire pit around there it's just and it does really feel like kind of a neighborhoody spot it is in Buckhead um but it the space itself is beautiful and when I was initially coming back and doing this on-premises eating um I really needed, I needed elbow room and I wanted not too many people. And so I preferred to go there during the daytime. And that's when I discovered um, the pastry chef, Christian Castillo. I mean, his breads and pastries are amazing to die for. So I, I think for folks- <laughs> Well, not quite. Okay, not quite, not quite. All well worth dying for. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely worth checking out, I have to say. So day or night, that would really be on my hit list if I was somebody looking for a new new space. Yeah. And the other places, the Willow Bar is um, yeah. just as beautiful. And it's really tucked away just in, you know, downtown um, Buckhead at the Kimpton Sylvan Hotel. That's new. But over there, they've got three different dining concepts. The one inside the restaurant that's called um, the Betty, 
And then there's this rooftop bar, St. Julep. But the willow bar to me, if you're looking to be, you know, kind of tucked away in back, it's just sort of a secret garden and it's really, really pretty. So yeah, yeah. And, and, and the food for those who too, who are like, you know, vegan or looking for something plant forward, it's not a, a, a large menu, but there's quite a number of options and most of the plates are shareable. So that's kind of a fun one. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any other, so those are four ideas for folks who, who are looking to venture out. You got any other patios that you? Uh... Yeah. It seems like a lot of the barbecue places have really mm -hmm. good patios. <clears throat> the new um, Das Barbecue on, on Memorial and Grant Park okay. has a nice space and um, Woods Chapel, which is the General Muir people in Summerhill that has a wonderful kid-friendly outdoor space and you yeah, can that's go a great across space. the street and get big softy ice cream after the barbecue and you you've got some barbecue places yeah late, well lake and oak i really enjoy that that patio over there that's the um barbecue spot by um uh todd richards and then i really uh liked eating um the patio at osteria matome in in roswell so that's finer italian dining and that's really that's a pretty pretty stone patio although they opened up in order to get more seating on the outdoor space during the pandemic, they added like three tables under an oak tree. So they call it the oak room now. And they even have sort of like carpeting underneath them. So you can reserve the oak room if you want Fancy. to. Yeah. And, you know, when I was visiting the Curious Pig um, recently for the Atlanta Orders and Takeout, um, they were in the middle of a remodel. That's in Peachtree City. And that is, I mean, that would be a hike for some people, I imagine, but it's, it's mainly a lawn and they've just really blown up, you know, what they're doing outside. And, and so they've got tons of space there. And plus it's like live music. I think they're having even an outdoor bar. You've got the string lights and, you know, fire pit type stuff. So that's kind of a fun evening if folks are looking for something pretty casual and, um, and chill. That's a nice place. I also liked um, Botica. Have you been to Botica? That's the no. Spanish Mexican. I mean, that's on the old watershed on Peachtree. And they've really given that quite the makeover. Part of it's covered now. Lots of TVs mounted for the sports lovers. Good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So the other one I was going to say, have you, I, I, my husband's gone like three times now. He's such in love with it. But Chattahoochee Food Works on the Upper West Side. There's a, so much space. And there's even a kid's playground not so far away. Parking's free, ample, pretty nice. Yeah, I wrote about a Thai restaurant there called Thai Tate Kitchen. Oh, and that's right. Everything they do is, is takeout. You know, everything is packaged. And their patio happens to be, the patio happens to be right next door to it. So it's a great um, location. And you can just get your food and go sit outside. I like that patio a lot. Right. Well, yeah. And then I get one other one that I'll mention because I just uh, happened to um, visit that and will be folks can read about this patio pick coming up here, but city winery, they've been closed for so long during the pandemic and they just reopened um, in like, mid May. They've got a new chef and a new menu, but um, you know, I was, and the, and the patio is terrific. It's really grown up, you know, since they first opened a few years ago and, um, it is a bit of an oasis. I realize it, you could think of it as in the parking lot of Pont City Market, but with it's sort of 
Um, there's so much greenery and stuff around there that, you know, I mean, you, 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 it does feel a little bit private and it's nice, but, um, boy, those guys are really having some staffing issues. And that menu is extremely, extremely limited. And I think that we're going to be seeing some of this stuff more going forward as, um, um, restaurants are still experiencing, you know, they just don't have the staff to, uh, um, you know, to, to serve at full capacity. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big story. It's a, it's a national story and everybody's talking about it. I actually found one place that has had luck in finding a staff. Um, luck. Do you want me to talk about that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it also ties into another thing that I think is interesting. I've noticed um, several, several places have switched whatever they were doing to, to pizza, which seems to be just a, a pandemic success story yep. everybody wants pizza yep. so lloyd's lounge which is a bar oh yeah um you know that serve kind of bar food and southern comfort food they only do pizza now. they might do some other things like salads or you know sides or whatever but they they're they're it's a pizza pizza restaurant now and so is um la calavera which is a wonderful artisan bread bakery owned by a husband and wife uh the husband is is mexican and they um they opened their second home on Memorial Drive and closed it after about four months because they couldn't find help. This was before mm -hmm. the pandemic. And then they tried to sell it and they got such low ball offers. They decided that they had to do something with it. So they came back with pizza and it's really good. But in talking to one of the owners, she was saying that they'd actually found these young kids, you know, high school, recent high school graduates who want to work and want to, you know, seriously study a craft so they they're the only people i've talked to <laughs> who've been able to find help you know and, and nice that's a great that. story yeah a, yeah really and their story. their food is really good and it's kind of hard to describe their pizza it's it's not it's not hard to describe it's just kind of free form you know it's their style it's not mm -hmm. Neapolitan or new york it's just really good the best crust i've had it, it stayed like two days later i was eating a slice of pizza that still had a moist crust now when does that happen right you know? right nice <laughs> nice well so, i mentioned yeah. i mentioned um botica earlier and when i spoke with him he also was not having staffing problems i mean his staff is he's up to like 70 employees so i mean we talked a little bit about this and one of the things is he you know he's like ah, not just do i i really treat my employees terrific but he's paying them yeah you know, what yeah um more than living wages and so I think sometimes when we talk about staffing issues, maybe what we also need to say is, well, it's not that they can't find staff, but maybe they can't find staff at what they want to pay them. So yeah, let's just be go. honest here. That's true. You know? Yeah. True. You know, you were talking about um, the Calavera people and that pivot. I'm looking forward to um, later this summer, Ian Winsley, who has Mission to Market, is going to be opening a new um, restaurant slash market, since we're talking about two, the, you know, the double, um, you know, the dual concept thing called, mm -hmm. um, I think the, the pronunciation is Trevelle in um, Sandy Springs. And I'll be looking forward to that one. It's just amazing to me, some of the moves that folks are making um, these days. The other one that I hope can be a success story for these guys, but there's a husband and wife who um, they've got a, Venezuelan restaurant called Arepa Grill. It's a stall in Plaza Fiesta. And they're opening a sit-down Venezuelan on Buford Highway later this month, actually, later in June. 
And um, yeah, so I, you know, cool, great for them. I really hope I mean, yeah. it's neat because she's really wanting to expand the the stall at Buford Highway or on um, Plaza Fiesta is really, really fast casual. It's going to be a lot of fry food. And she said this one, it's going to be more home style um, cooking. And she really wanted to explore that and including to show just um, the plethora of influences on Venezuelan cuisine there's, that are quite global. So yeah, that'll be. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a cuisine that's kind of underserved. You know, I don't, I don't really know that we have that many have had that many Venezuelan restaurants or, you know, how, what the cuisine right. is like. Well, you sit there and you can talk about arepa, arepa, and people might know that, but I mean, there's so much more, you know, to, to, to the cuisine than just one dish. Uh -huh. um, you know, as you and I are sitting there talking about staffing or whatnot um, and saying, you know, hey, we are still, still living in a pandemic. I have had so many folks ask me that question about what's going on? How come um, you know, it's taking forever for the food to get out to me. Um, I can't get a reservation, but it looks like there's empty seats here. So do you mind having a little bit of a chit chat about what you might be observing and probably should explain to some people if they're not understanding what's going on? I, you know, I, I feel like in some ways we kind of went from, and I don't know that this is addressing your question, I'm sorry, but I feel like we went from being you know, super cautious and on our toes and, and all mask up to if people who are dining out now seem to be, you know, not wearing masks and very comfortable. And um, I think that's, that's, that's kind of, it's a, it's a good feeling. And it happened really quickly. I mean, the first time I went back to a restaurant, I was terrified. I've thought about this a lot because I've had to write about it a lot. And yeah. I, the story that I wrote about, hey, you think it's the new normal, but but here it's kind of not, was in mid-May. And um, it was when, you know, we saw a lot more folks getting vaccinated, but Georgia still doesn't have one of the very, you know, great rates yeah. in the nation in terms of vaccination. But here we go in terms of who's going to have, what, what's going to be the new mask policy? Is there going to be a mask changes? And then suddenly, especially now, I'm still seeing signs up that say, please wear a mask if you're not sitting, but nobody's doing that. And I'll see staff that's not wearing a mask. And so it gets a little bit confusing mm -hmm. um, if there's policies that look like they're in place or at least signage says it is, and then it's not, it's confusing. I mean, the protocol that I've followed, uh, you know, um, kept up is when a server comes to me, I will put my mask back on just out of courtesy because I don't know, you know, what that person's situation is. And even though I'm vaccinated, it just seems like a, a nice courtesy. Um, and even when I am moving around a restaurant, even though I'm vaccinated, you know, I do I do wear one. And um, yeah. it just feels like a good MO. Although I usually am one of the only ones not to be higher than thou, but it, uh, it's, then that becomes a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, again, everything has changed so quickly, but when I was going to the, to the patios to, you know, to do the research, I asked the servers, you know, what, what do you want me to wear a mask? What, you know, what's your comfort level? And, and in both cases, they said they were fully vaccinated and they were wearing masks, but they were fine if the patrons did not. So I think it's not, maybe it's nice to just ask. Right. Yeah. They, and I, I, I think people, people as diners, they can really do themselves a service too about calling ahead with any questions that they might have, whether it's related to the mask and also, you know, in terms of making a reservation, um, sometimes, you know, there's, 
It can look like there's empty table. Well, there are empty tables, but it's, they're not necessarily available because they don't have the staff to serve that many. Um, you might wanna call ahead to find out if you're really looking to only eat on the patio, sometimes you can't, they won't, you're gonna to have to take the table that's available. They won't just reserve say a patio seat. Um, in some instances I'm noticing you can you shoot, the reservations are available for indoor and then separate reservations for outdoor. And so once the outdoor ones fill up, that's done. So I think that those are, if you know the type of um, dining experience you're looking for, maybe you wanna go to a place where they are still wearing masks or you wanna go to a place where you can ensure that you are eating outdoors, it's, it behooves you to, to check in with the restaurant to, to find out how it works. For sure. Or you can get takeout. Or you can still do takeout. Yeah, actually, we should remind them too. Our takeout column is actually not going to go away. We might change the name of it, but I mean, takeout is here to stay. And Atlanta um, loves its restaurant food, whether they're going to be doing, you know, whether we're going to dine in or we're going to be doing takeout. So um, yeah, our plans are to, to keep that going once a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think takeout is great and I've, I've enjoyed doing it. Um, and there's, there's kind of an ease to it when you can order online and just run in and pick it up. And, yep. you know, and I agree. I agree. The only no, downside is that sometimes it gets cold, when you, <laughs> you know, but you know, that's, you drive it like, you know, if you're driving way across town and the food's going to be cold by, by the time. Right. Well, now that you're that's okay. this is Damn a good, everything. this is a good way for us to end on, you know what, there is one thing that I don't want to see come back. The traffic, it's coming, it's picking up and it's, it's making drives to Timbuktu a whole lot longer to get to. Well, there's a lot, there are always accidents in Atlanta. I can never get on the highway without there being an accident on the downtown connector. And now there's a lot of road rage. Yep, there is. <laughs> yeah, so, people angry about their takeout. Take right, right. <laughs> So everybody drive, drive safely. We all need a, a huge uh, dose of, of patience through, through all of this. That's right. So sure. that's a continued thing. Hey, well, Wendell, thanks a lot for joining me. Thank you. I look forward to meeting you. up with you on a patio one of these days. Yeah, or at a pop-up. Okay, at a pop-up. Yeah, that sounds fun. And to all of you, thank you for tuning in. You can learn more about some of the restaurants that we mentioned here and catch up on all the latest dining news and coverage online at AJC.com. Wendell, take care and uh, happy you, eating. You too. All right, goodbye. Okay, toodaloo. Imagine a cross between Willy Wonka's chocolate factory and a traveling circus. Well, that's Candytopia. After two years away, the candy-themed interactive art exhibition is back in Atlanta, bigger and better than ever before. Located in Buckhead, next door to the grocery store popularly known as Disco Kroger, Candytopia takes visitors through the looking glass into a fantasy world of sweets and treats. Find out more about this exhibition and get all the details on it at AJC.com. Dads tend to be difficult to shop for because they seem to have everything they need and want. That doesn't mean we can't find ways to celebrate and surprise him this Father's Day with extra special gifts that cater to his interests. Reserve a spot in a culinary class with a famed chef, which can be just for him or you can make it a family affair. Order a book produced by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on the life of revered local baseball legend Hank Aaron. For self-care, make an appointment to a men's salon so he can have everything trimmed from the neck up. 
You'll find many more gift ideas in our Father's Day gift guide on AJC.com. Hidden all over the South are structures that once powered a renaissance in black America. Some are modest, two-room clapboard structures. Others are three-story brick buildings. All were built through a unique partnership between white mail-order magnate Julius Rosenwald and black educator and leader Booker T. Washington. Atlanta photographer Andrew Filer discovered the Rosenwald story while working on another project and was shocked that he hadn't heard the name before. Today, perhaps 500 of the buildings survive. At first, Filer planned a simple photo essay, but as he talked to graduates, the scope of the project grew, and he added history behind his images. He decided, he said, I can't not tell this story. Filer's photos and texts became the volume called A Better Life for Their Children, Julius Rosenwald, Booker T. Washington, and the 4,978 Schools That Changed America, published this spring by the University of Georgia Press. 23 images from the book are also part of a new exhibit at Atlanta's National Center for Civil and Human Rights. Read Bo Emerson's story on the Rosenwald Schools on AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.